More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, grinding my gears. It's someone or something getting on your last nerve. We're going to help you stop feeling so irritated and discover graceful ways to respond. 877-573-7825. They want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to Life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical, theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, grinding my gears is something (laughs) or someone getting on your last nerve. Let's kick off the week by helping you get over feeling so irritated and discover some graceful ways to respond to those people and situations. The number is 877 Five seven three, seven eight two five. That's eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Call up and share. Are you tired of having to deal with the things that that person does or says that pushes your buttons? Is there a particular situation that causes your emotional temperature to rise, even when you just think about it? Mm. If someone or something is making you feel frustrated, irritated, or out of sorts, we want to help you find those grace-filled solutions that you are seeking. Give us a call. The number again, 877-573-7825. As soon as you said, you know, even just thinking about it as your Mm -hmm. emotional temperature go up. And I, I think that it is so important to... And we will be talking throughout the show of how to deal with both, right? The both being, on the one hand, the person or the situation is objectively irritating. They are just, anybody who looked at the situation might agree with you. You know, maybe there's a few people who see it in a different perspective, but most of the people would at least get what you're saying. Oh, yes, that situation or that person is objectively being irritating. But then there's our reaction. And sometimes we feel like we can't control that at all. Like we just flood, our gut twists, our heart rate goes up, our anger goes up, we get frustrated or scared or nervous about how it's all going to work out or just plain infuriated. How do we handle both? How do we deal with our own emotional reactions? And how do we deal with that person, that relationship, that situation so that we're effective we're walking in God's grace about it, and we're giving 
the love and the mercy and the all the virtues that are called a, we are called to display in that situation difficult stuff difficult to to work out difficult to figure out especially in a moment when we're dealing with something need a little help listening to god and figuring it all out today trying to know what to do for yourself for the other person or thing that's going on there and make it all work for you well we're here to help you today give us a call today on more to life at 877 573 7825 that's 877 573 7825 I mean the fact is there are a million things that can get on our last nerve a million people that can say and do things that we just it just makes us shake our heads and I, I can't believe that I have to deal with this and if as I'm describing that a particular person's face is coming to mind let's talk about how to respond to that person in a graceful loving but effective way and same with those situations that can cause us to feel like you know we just can't get our hands around it and don't know what to do about it whether it's big or small we want to help you stop grinding your gears and start <laughs> feeling a little more peaceful as we grease those wheels with some godly solutions to the challenges you're facing the number again 877 573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And if you're not aware of what that is, uh, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that looked at how prayerfully reflecting on God's creation can teach us a lot about God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier holier relationships now we don't often think of them this way but our emotions are part of our bodies our thoughts trigger certain reactions in our brain that sends a wash of chemicals through our bodies causing us to feel this way or that way and motiv motivating us to respond to things that happen to us the theology of the body reminds us that God created all the structures of our body, including our emotions, to work for our good and the good of others. Of course, because we live in a sinful, broken world, our feelings don't always work the way they're supposed to. But there is actually a godly intention hiding right below the surface of every emotion we have. Well, what could possibly be the godly purpose or motivation of frustration and annoyance? Well, when we feel frustrated or annoyed, it can be helpful to see it as a sign that the Holy Spirit is tugging on our sleeve saying, let's take a minute to talk about this and make a plan. Right? Because our natural human response to frustration and annoyance is to just push through on our own power and keep doing the same thing over and over in the hopes that we'll get a different result. But have you noticed how often that just makes things worse? Well, to discover the Holy Spirit moving behind our frustration and annoyance and irritability, we need to step back and bring those feelings to God. Maybe by praying something like, Lord, help me see what you want to make of me through this and how I can respond to this situation or this person in a way that will help me glorify you, work for the good of everybody involved, including myself, and be my best self. 
You know, and when we practice that habit, we start to consecrate that frustrating person or situation to Christ, and he transforms it into an opportunity to experience his love, build his kingdom, and grow in grace. Well, look, that sounds great in theory, right? But when it comes right down to having to deal with that irritating person or put up with that frustrating situation, it can be another story. So if you're listening to this thinking, yeah, that's great and all, (laughs) but (laughs) give us a call at 877-573-7825. We love a challenge. So give us a call again. The number is 877-573-7825. Yeah, it's that but. It's that but. It's but. You don't know them. You don't know the situation. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what they're doing to me. Give us a call today. Let's help you through it at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father and and the the Son, Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you those people and situations that are just getting on our last nerve. That person who says and does those things that just cause our emotional temperature to spike. Those situations that get under our skin that we don't know how to get our head and hands around. We give them to you right now, Lord. And we ask you to take our frustration, our irritation, and our annoyance And teach us how to respond to those people and those things in ways that work for the glorify you, that help us work for their good, and enable us to be our best selves. Help us to see all those situations not as frustrations that we have to put up with, but rather as an invitation to grow in ways that enable us to be more of the whole, healed, godly, grace-filled people that you created us to be. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the Father Father, and the the Son and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the title of the show, Grinding My Gears, as we talk about those people and those situations that are getting on your last nerve and you're not quite sure how to respond gracefully. Let's talk it out together and find some effective and grace-filled answers to those challenging people and situations. The number again, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Barbara, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Michigan on Ave Maria Radio. Hey there, Barbara. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out today? Yes, hi. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I have a question about uh, a co-worker, how do I deal or respond to a co-worker who constantly talks about themselves and what's going on in their life, and then they tell me, and then they tell another one, and then later I'll hear them talking about the same thing to another one. And then I work, for, I work where I work for about two and a half years. I only work two days a week, and it's it gets on my nerves sometimes, and well, I Barbara. Can I ask you? So, so, well, all right. Well, let me let me ask you. So, so as they're talking this way, I guess what I'm trying to understand is what does it mean to you that they're doing this, right? So, you know, when you hear them talking about themselves or, or relating, you know, the stuff that's going on in their life to you and to everybody else, what, what goes through your head about that? What does it mean to you that they're talking like that? 
Well, when I first got to know this coworker, I just thought, it, you know, I felt it was a normal conversation that people have with each other. But then over time, mm-hmm. I've noticed that it's always about this individual and what's going on and what's happening. And when I try and at times when I've told them what's going on with me or tried to reciprocate, um, it's just, oh, and then they go on with their own stuff. So now what goes through my mind is all you're concerned about is what's going on with you and I, and you must need a lot of attention or confirmation or something. I, I don't know, but I don't okay. know what to say and I don't want to be clear. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, look, I mean, so I think you identified the, the issue right there, right? So, so you, you were th- hoping and kind of thinking that this person might want to be a friend, at least, you know, even a work friend. Um, and, you know, we all want friends. We want to build up that friend network. We're built for community. So, of course, we do. And so there's a part of you inside saying, well, this person is giving me the signs of wanting to be my friend. But then whenever I reach out to actually you know, invite them into a relationship, they kind of reject it because they just want it to be about themselves. And so what I guess I'd like you to do in this, instead of talking to them about it, because I don't think you're going to change them, especially at the work in the workplace. You don't have enough leverage to really kind of work on this sort of personality trait over time. They, they don't really care enough about the relationship to want to change for you. And so, so the thing that really, I think, unless it was, you know, if it was being, if it was affecting your productivity or something in some way, well, then you could, you know, talk to your boss or whatever and try to do something there. But, but in, in, for, for what you're just saying here, I, I think the best way to solve this problem is to make sure that you're talking back to that part of yourself that says um, that, that, that you wish that this person could be your friend or what you wish you could make them into a friend and just say, you know, they're not really interested in that, that they are just interested in kind of talking about themselves. And the best thing you can do is just sort of listen to it as white noise and be polite and acknowledge it, but then let it go and move on. Because, I, I, again, I, I think that you're limited as to what you can practically do in this situation, except change, address your self-talk that says, you know, how come this person's acting like they want to be my friend, but they won't be my friend? Um, and by, by redefining that inside yourself and saying, you know, I have these other friends that I can turn to for support or to have conversations with or whatever. This is somebody that I just work with who is, you know, this way. And I can kind of, you know, use the old Catholic practice of offering it up yeah. so that I can be more patient. But I don't have to be in a relationship with them. And I don't have to care about them the way I would care about a friend because they're not really interested in that. Yeah, I mean, it's you're absolutely right. And it's keeping that perspective on it is that's one of the things that's going to help keep you sane in this situation, Barbara, and realizing whether they're just not interested in other people's lives or they're just not capable of having that kind of conversation. There are a lot of folks who struggle with conversation, and this may be the way they think they can have one, and it's just not working um, for and you or probably anybody else because there's not that, that mutual you know sharing that's going on. Talk to that part of yourself the way Greg is saying, and then also ask yourself, what can you do to sort of remove yourself from that situation? So if it's possible for you to have that, you know, conversation at the beginning of the morning or at a coffee break or whatever, but then when you're at your desk, if there's a way to use a white noise machine or put in your AirPods and listen to some calming music or something that keeps you from having to listen to them tell the story to everybody else in the office, just to bring down that emotional reaction and recenter yourself, something that doesn't take you away from your work, doesn't keep, if you just even keep like one AirPod in and the other one out so you can hear, you know, if anybody needs you in the office, but 
you know, A, really realize that this has nothing to do with you. It's just how that person functions for whatever reason. And two, work with how can you bring down your emotional temperature in your own self and create a space for yourself in your in your cubicle, in your situation, inside your head that allows you to bring down that emotional temperature so you're not hearing it all the time and you're it's not grating on you as much. So caring for yourself in this situation as best as you possibly can in your work situation will help. Now, Barbara, I wish this was a situation where you could change the other person, but by making these changes, you'll be able to get yourself to a lot better place and, and be able to cope more effectively. Thanks so much for the call. 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about grinding my gears as we discuss those irritating people and situations that are getting on your last nerve. Are you tired of having to deal with the things that person, yeah, you know who I mean, that person does or says that irritates you to no end? Is there a particular problem that causes your emotional temperature to go up even from just thinking about it? Well, if someone or something is making you feel frustrated, irritated, or out of sorts, we want to help you find the grace-filled solutions you're seeking. Let's get this week off to a good start at 877-573-7825. And we come back, we're going to be taking your calls, but we'll also be talking with Jacob Flores Popchak, who will be a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com, who has some insights on how you can get your cool back under control and respond gracefully to all those challenging people and situations. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues right after the break. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Grinding My Gears, and we're asking you, is something or someone getting on your last nerve? We want to help you stop feeling so irritated and discover graceful ways to respond to those people and situations. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is an expert in the theology of the body, a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com, an author, an illustrator, and co-host with Father Gabriel Toretta of the Faith and Arts podcast, Created Things. Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Hey, thanks for having me. So you had an interesting insight uh, from both your own life and your work with clients about kind of why we get so irritated about particular people. Well, look, I'm not going to let those particular people off the hook. Right? It's certainly possible for, for me to get genuinely frustrated by, by a particular individual, uh, maybe to, let's say, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, maybe to a 5 or so. Right, that's a that's a pretty normal kind of middle of the ground level to to get mad at a person for for something, right? But if, but if I, in self reflection, realize that I'm actually not just mad at that person at like a five, I am sustainably mad at that person at like a six or a seven or an eight to the degree that days, weeks, months later. I am, whenever I think about that person, going back up to that six, seven, eight, right? That whenever I encounter that person or I'm even threatened with encountering that person, I'm getting to that six, seven, eight, all right? That, to me, if that's happening to me, and I think it's true for probably people listening too, if I notice that's happening with me, I have to realize 
however uncomfortable the truth it turns out to be, that I'm really, to, to that heightened degree, mad at actually myself. And what I'm mad at myself for, I can infer, is whatever that person reminds me of about me. That I'm not actually just mad at that person for the thing they did or the annoying person that they are. That <laughs> I'm actually mad at some part of me that they reflect. And so you're I not saying this is an either-or. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I just want to clarify. This, you're not saying this is an either-or, that I'm just upset with the other person because there's something in me that they're reminding me of. You're saying that they might be doing something that's frustrating or irritating or annoying, but if it's, if sure. it's kind of elevated and I can't let it go and it's eating at me, then there's, some, there's something that's piggybacking onto that frustration that I need to deal with. Yeah, yeah. If I'm carrying it around like, you know, an 1800s ghost carries their unfinished business, if it's sticking <laughs> with me at all times, right, That that's a real sign that, that something about them is reminding me about something I don't like about me. And, and that, that itch is kind of creating some what we call cognitive dissonance, right, that, that storm cloud in the brain that really rises my emotional temperature to to an unrealistic or irrational degree right and so being able to notice how angry i am at a person being able to be self-reflective enough to to step away from my anger and sit down and say hey what's what are really all the different factors what are all the different ingredients contributing to how i feel right now it's it becomes such an important habit to, to start building into your life, to just have those moments of self-reflection, to step away and look at myself and kind of plumb the murky depths of my own feelings to see what multiple ingredients are contributing. And, and if I can have that habit in place, then when I encounter these people who get me a little angrier than maybe they should, or for whom that angry feeling sticks around longer than maybe it should, it gives me a really nice jumping off point to do that self-reflection to figure out, hey, what is it about me that I don't like so much that I'm taking it out on a person who merely just reminds me of that thing? And so when it comes to dealing with that other person, though, how can that, how can that reflection help me be more effective with them? Well, I think in the moment, knowing when I'm talking to that person who's, who's frustrating me, right, if, if I've done that self-reflection a little bit, then when I'm in that moment of talking to them and I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, this person makes me so mad, right? I can calm myself down a little bit by, by reminding myself, hey, look, some of this is at them, but some of this is at you. And maybe a little tiny bit on the edges, mad at, you know, the person who cut you off in traffic a little earlier today that you haven't calmed down from, right? And I'm able to sort of pause and say, look, you know, I need to sort of distribute my feelings here, and I need to take how I'm speaking back to the other person with a grain of salt, because, you know, I know that I might come off too intense based on how angry I am right now at other things that aren't just them. It, it helps me not buy into the intensity of the moment quite so much, so that I can be more calm and respectful and cooperative with that person who frustrates me, and, and, and hopefully handle it better than I would if I were just totally emotionally flooded 
Really good points, Jacob. I want to thank you so much for being with us. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, they can come over to catholiccounselors.com. Check out your bio and the good stuff that you do to help people repair their marriage, family, and personal lives in the light of God's grace. Jacob, again, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. And we're taking your calls, listeners, at 877-573-7825. Today's show, Grinding My Gears, as we talk about those people and situations that get on our last nerve. If we are tired, if you're tired of dealing with that person and the things they do or say, and you're just not sure how to respond to them, if there's a situation that's getting under your skin and and, you're really not sure how to get your hands around it, we want to help you identify those next effective steps toward the solution that you are seeking. What can you do? Well, it's easy. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. If you're tuning in via podcast, you can always send your questions to us as well at questions at more, the number two, liferadio.com. Questions at more to liferadio.com. Send them or call them in at 877-573-7825. We'll be taking your questions one way or the other right after the break. So stick around. Hi there, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. No matter how old our kids are, they'll always want our love. They'll always crave our approval, a word of encouragement, any sign that lets them know that we think they're showing some strength, doing something right, or at least trying to pursue something worthwhile. No matter how damaged a relationship, every adult child wants to know that their parents are proud of them for something. We need to remember this. It's critical that parents of adult kids look for the good intentions behind the things our adult kids are doing and try to express our pride in the efforts they're making to pursue those good things. That can be hard to do, especially if we disapprove of the way they're pursuing those intentions, but learning how to do this is the first step in being mentors to our adult children. To learn more, check out our book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Your Adult Sons and Daughters, or visit catholiccounselors.com. for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, the show is titled Grinding My Gears, as we talk about those situations or those people that are getting on our last nerve. If you are having to deal with the thing, you're tired of dealing with the things that that person says or does that irritates you to no end or that situation that you just can't quite get your hands around, it's frustrating you. Let us help you find the next steps toward the solutions you're seeking at 877-573-7825. Before we go to our calls, we just want to let you know that our friends at Archangel Radio in Alabama need to hear from you this week. They're airing their 2023 Fall Pledge Drive tomorrow through Thursday. So if you're listening in Mobile, Daphne, Fairhope, or anywhere, please support your EWTN Catholic radio station. And wherever you're tuning in, make sure that you are supporting your your local station with your prayers and with your dollars so that Catholic radio can keep being here every day for generations to come, supporting you in living a more faithful and abundant life. Amen to that. With that, we're taking your calls right now at 877-573-7825 about those irritating people and situations that you just 
you just can't even. We're here to take your calls right now, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Maria, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Florida. Hi, Maria. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Good morning. Um, I would like to share, first off, um, just a rare situation <laughs> that I've been living for the last, what, 20, off and on, 20 years. I uh, divorced. Well, separated, first of all, uh, back in uh, 2001. I had two, well, I do have two, two grown children, of course, now. But mm-hmm. um, in 2003, I finally divorced from uh, their father. However, often on the situation about him coming around, visiting, that is just uh, creates those kind of uh, emotions, I'll say. And uh, I pray, though, because I feel... Part of me as a mother responsible and, and, and close to my two growing children now that we live close together. Matter of fact, my son still lives with me. He is the oldest. Um, the fact that... And, and how old are they? They're, they're, in their, they're in their 20s, mid, mid to late 20s? No, sir. No, my oldest son, he's, uh, 30, he's 32, and my daughter is okay. uh, 30. So, All right, and you told our screener that, that they, they, they kind of ask you how to approach their father and how to have a better relationship with them, and you're not sure what to tell them? Exactly, because as I was telling you, that their father, because my son has no uh, his own place, uh, he's been dealing with uh, bipolar, well, just, just disorders, mentally disorders, okay. and a little bit of both have certain problems. My daughter lives near, we live nearby, and I had two grandkids. Mm-hmm. However, neither one, I mean, they, they love their dad, but uh, my daughter, if she comes over here to visit with him, she doesn't, love, or she, they don't like him visit much because, um, it's ugly to say, but he, I guess, time catches up with us, and, and he, their father is just not, I guess, what they're looking for, I guess, I don't know, into a father figure some ways because he's... He's needy. He's very needy, and uh, he just talks okay. pretty much about what I heard a while ago about him. And uh, my grandkids, uh-huh. though, because of my grandkids and the responsibility of being a parent and trying to just let them see that, although I let them know that they, at some point, they're going to have to take over because this mother is getting tired of this situation of having their father coming over and it's a bit uncomfortable for me as a matter of fact well so but, so why yeah of course it is so why why do you feel like you need to do that, that uh, i'm sorry to do uh, because my grandkids why do what what why do you feel that my you need to let my, your, uh, your um but I, yeah why, but but they're they're your grandkids life. they're not when they were Sorry about this. Um, so here's here's what I need. Here's what I, I'm just going to need to jump in here. That was more of a rhetorical question, really. I mean, so the, the, my point is that that's not really your role. You know, I think you're a very good-hearted person um, who who wants to kind of you know not rock the boat and try to facilitate a relationship between your kids and their father. That's very that's very noble. Yeah, and perhaps you you feel like it's on you to help them heal from growing up with a dad with such a, such a difficult, complicated diagnosis, but. That's not actually your job anymore. Yeah, I mean, they're they're like you said, they're they're in their thirties, um, they're full grown adults, and if they don't want to have a relationship with him, they don't have to have a relationship with him. And, and if they do, because they're coming to you and say, "How do I make this better?" 
you really need to say to them, you know, you really need to contact a professional who can give you some guidance on how to do this safely and walk you through this so that you can see your father in places and for times that make sense for you and feel safe for you. But I can't keep doing this, and I can't keep being the go-between. And, and you know what, Maria? It's, it's not just a matter of you can't keep doing this because it's stressful for you. It's not good for you to do this. True. Because what's happening here, okay, is that you're actually enabling your husband to continue, your ex-husband to continue being the way he is, and you're enabling your kids to not grow up and have an adult relationship with their father. You know, what really should be happening here is you saying, look, guys, I, I love you all, um, but you, the relationship you have with your father is the relationship you have with your father. If you have to say something to him, if you... If you don't feel comfortable around him, you tell him that. Um, and you figure out where or when or whether you can meet with him. But that, that's between you guys. That's up, to, you know, that's up to you to tell him what your needs are. Uh, and it's up to him to decide whether he wants to meet those needs or not. And then based on that, they either have, you know, they have whatever kind of relationship they can have. But it's not, you know, it's not your job to, you know, be the, the, the Switzerland here where all the, where all the warring parties can come and have, uh, you know, a, a, a summit. Yeah, or just to be the mom of young children when your children are adults and in their 30s and need to be working some things out for themselves, not just with their dad. But with how this affects who they are as adults and also how they want to parent their children because they've got this very heavy load of having had a dad who's dealt with this diagnosis and it has affected them and they need to have some time preferably with a professional that can help them through this to figure out what that means for them how they want to be different from that situation they grew up in and how they can make healthy choices for themselves, for their children, and have whatever relationship after going through that with a professional that they want with their father in a safe way for them and their kids. And you can just step back from that and let them do that now because they are in their 30s and they have all the adult skills to be able to think through this and work through this with some help of a professional. Now, and I know you mentioned that they both have some mental health problems, but they're more all the more reason to, to refer them back to their counselor and say, this is something you need to talk to your counselor about. Um, and, and because that's a part of them being healthy, grown-up adults is learning how to manage their relationship with their with their parents. Getting those skills. So, Maria, my advice to you is to step out of the middle of this. You know, they're not little anymore. You don't have to. You don't have to be the glue that holds this together. This is up to your husband, ex-husband, to have whatever relationship he's able to have with his kids, and it's up to your kids to be honest about what they need from him and see whether he can give that to them or not. And then whatever relationship evolves out of that honest exchange of, of, of thoughts and needs, that's what happens. Uh, and it may not be a very good relationship, but that's not your job to fix. That's, that's, that's your, your ex-husband's job and your kid's job to sort out. And that was, that's actually good for them. I'm not telling you this just because you, know, you don't need the stress of it anymore. I'm saying that's what the loving thing to do actually is. And it's really, it works for their good. Yeah, and it works for your good because, you know, Maria, you, you made that very important, very heartbreaking, difficult choice to separate from this man for your, your well-being and the well-being of your children. And that began to break that codependent cycle that you were in, that you were dragged into by his diagnosis. This is the next step of getting free from that codependent behavior and really becoming a whole healed person yourself in this situation.
All right. Thanks so much for the call, Maria. If there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com, where you can get more professional support in navigating this very, you know, very complicated situation uh, where you're feeling so pulled in so many different directions. That's CatholicCounselors.com. And uh, we're heading out to our break. It's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith proceeds, uh, produces steadfastness, which will help you be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, I want to I address this, because when we read a scripture like this, we, we think that it means... The, the James is saying, you know, just smile through it all. Pretend to be happy that yeah. all be bad things are happening. Yeah, to you. it's it's probably one of those, you know, one of the most irritating, the, no, least <laughs> empathetic, you know, scriptures. You you go to the scriptures, you look for solace, and instead you get, you know, count it all joy that you're going through trials, and you just want to scream. But uh, you know, we we've we've done, you know, regular listeners know this. We've talked about what joy actually is. Joy is not the same thing as happiness. Joy is the knowledge that this makes sense, right? Joy is being able to say, you know, I know where I've been, I know where I am, I know where I'm going, and I can make sense of this. It has meaning, it has purpose. It, it may, and, I, and, I, and I recognize the good that will come out of this. That's what joy is, all right? So when James is talking about this and he says, count it all as joy when you meet trials of various kinds, but he, he's not saying be happy about it. He's saying know that God is with you in it and that it can make sense and that God has a plan and you can, you can be comfortable knowing that this is going to turn out through God's grace and that God is working in you and with you and through you to produce good things in you and in the situation itself. So don't feel guilty if you're not joyful about frustrating things happening to you. Frustrating things are frustrating. But you can still be joyful knowing that God has a plan, that when you look back on this, it's going to make sense, that as you're going through it, God is leading you step by step to a new place to bring out good things in you and the situation if you bring it to him and ask him to teach you how to respond to this situation gracefully. Well, that's, uh, we're heading to our break now, but when we come back, we're continuing to take your calls at 877-573-7825. What people or situations are getting on your last nerve? Are you tired of having to deal with the things that person does or says that irritate you to no end? Is there a particular problem that's causing your emotional temperature to go up, even just thinking about it? Whatever the situation is, let's talk it out at 877-573. 7825 or if you're tuning in via podcast send us your questions at questions at more to life radio.com we'll be back with your questions in just a minute want more tips for living a more joyful abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body well and follow us on facebook at more to life with dr greg and lisa and on twitter and instagram at catholic counselors we'll see you there Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, grinding my gears. We're talking about those people or situations that are getting on your last nerve. We want to help you stop feeling so irritated and discover graceful ways to respond to those challenging people and circumstances. The number is 877 573 7825. Again, that's 877 
573-7825. Let's talk now with Mary, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Kentucky on the EWTN app. Hi, Mary. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you today? Hello. See, I am calling um, with a very big frustration with my husband of 44 years. Uh, I believe he has a cell phone addiction. Um, okay. I, he has it in his hand all the time or on the count, you know, on the desktop or the table if we're out for dinner or, um, you know, we're at a fundraising banquet um, and I'll say to him, you know, if you look around, no one else has their phone out. <laughs> you just do. And he just, you know, looks at me like, well, there you go again, nagging me. And, um, you know, and then... Like, so, Mary, let me ask you this. So, so, so I get the feeling it's not really so much about the phone as it is about the fact that he's not paying attention to you, right? I mean, he's not attending to you. Right, but it's it's with anybody and everyone. He's always on his phone, and I'm like, can you be okay? But I, but I, you know, but but, but you can't do anything about his relationship with the other people. You can, but you you need to be focusing right. on your his relationship with you. So if you said to him, honey, I have, I I really feel like you're not listening to me or paying attention to what I'm saying or actually engaging with me because you got your phone in your hand. Would you mind putting it away? What 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 would he do? Um. He'd look at me like, there you go, nagging at me again about my phone. No, I'm not nagging at you. I'm telling you, that, I'm telling you that you're not listening to me or paying attention to me, and I don't feel loved or cared for. Could you please put your phone away? Yeah. Well, that's probably what I need. I need new ways to um, respond to that. Okay, so, so you haven't said that to him like that, like as directly as I just did? No. No, probably okay, more. That, no. that is your next, that's your, that's your next step. That, and that's step one. Okay, that's step one. The other thing here, Mary, is that he might feel nagged. We talk about this with parents, too, who kids seem to be on their phones all the time. He might feel nagged because there's nothing else to fill that void. So you say, pay attention to me. And then either you follow with, here's a list of all the things that I need done or are going wrong in our lives. I want to fix them all. Or... There's like a silence because you really don't do a lot together because of this, perhaps. And so I really want to encourage you to make sure that you guys have some rituals every single day. Schedule with him a time every day where you can do something fun, whether it's playing a game together or going to a movie together or going for a walk together Whatever it is that you guys are listening to an audio book together, whatever it is you guys think would be fun to do or try, make a time every single day to do something for at least 15 minutes, but hopefully, you know, longer than that since the two of you are alone and there's nobody else in the house distracting you, so that you have time to build up that relationship. Put it on your calendars and make that a no cell phone time. That we're going to do something fun, learn something together, have a good time together without the phone. Working a little bit together every day, you know, cleaning up your dinner dishes together or making dinner together or folding the laundry together, something that gives you a chance to work together in your home so that you have time to also talk during that time 
and make it a no cell phone time, but make sure you're scheduling it together so you're not walking in in the middle of him doing something, even something on his phone, and saying, come on, it's time to fold the laundry, and then he's distracted and frustrated with you. We all need time to work and play and talk and pray with our spouses, and we need to schedule that with them, or we end up bumping up against what their expectations are. If we don't do those things, then there's nothing for them to get off their cell phones for. So the, the thing, Mary, I'm making a big presumption here, but, but um, based on the fact that he doesn't just do this with you, but he does it with everybody, that says to me that, that your husband doesn't do well with relationships, and he, needs a, he likes to have a barrier between him and other people to make it feel safer to be around people. And that's usually indicative of, a, of an avoidant attachment style, which basically you know, it means you, you kind of grew up in a household where it was every man for himself. They didn't talk so much about feelings. It wasn't a very affectionate household. Um, anyway, my, my point in saying that is that, that if you make this about the phone, it's, it's, you're going to be, you're sort of arguing about the deck chairs on the Titanic. What you really look, yeah. what you really want to be doing here is talking about the relationship. So all the advice that we're giving here is focusing on setting up a structure that enables you guys to work on the relationship problems that you've got, where he doesn't relate to you or frankly anybody else directly if you just because it might just by telling him to put down the phone he doesn't know what to do so when you when you say look when you get him to put down the phone by doing what i said like and he says well you're gonna go nagging me again and, and you say back no i'm not nagging you i'm telling you that i don't feel loved when you're looking at something else other than listening to me and 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 talking and texting with other people besides you know instead of looking and dealing with me i don't feel loved and i need you to put it away when you get him to finally put it away then you sit down and have that conversation that lisa's suggesting about creating those rituals for working playing talking and praying together in small ways every day so that you can create those touchstone moments that are phone free um, and are actually building the relationship and increasing the connection between the two of you. But don't make this about the phone. Make this about the fact that, that he is not connecting in a way that makes you feel loved and cared for. And it's not about you nagging him. It's about you telling him your needs and him ignoring those needs. Reframe that for him. Don't say, no, it's not about me nagging you. It's about the fact that I'm telling you what I need and you're ignoring me and saying, I don't love you enough to really pay any attention to you. And, and that hurts my heart. And let him know what you need is a marriage with him that's loving that you have a deep friendship that you communicate together that you that you worship together that you pray together that you talk together and you have fun together and you want that in your life do not talk about how he does this to everyone do not talk about how it embarrasses you in a social situation if he's looking at his phone don't make him feel criticized about this problem solve this tell him that you love him that you want him to put down the phone you want to be paid attention to and you want to build up your relationship by scheduling time to do things together every single day start with that make sure you're doing those things even if you have to go to him and say hey we scheduled this for you know three o'clock today it's time to do it together make sure you're not bringing your phone i won't bring mine and begin to build that relationship um, and if you know if you find that that your attempts to do this don't work then it's time to get some professional help for the relationship because this isn't just a phone problem it really is a relationship problem he's using the phone to put up a barrier between him and other people because he doesn't know how to do relationship he doesn't know how to do f emotional connection uh, and that's not something you can fix on your own that's something that you're gonna need some professional guidance to work with there are ways to work through that 
but it's going to require that that professional support to do it. It's it's more than the the skills that that you know, the average person has. Um, so if you'd like to learn more about how you can get to that place and and get the support that you're looking for, uh, you can contact us at CatholicCounselors.com to learn more about our pastoral telecounseling practice, where we can help you find grace-filled solutions to these challenges that you're facing in your relationship. But start with the suggestions that we're making here. Uh, also, our book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. Uh, offers eight research-based habits that healthy couples practice that I think will be a real help to you, especially check out the chapter on rituals that Lisa was just talking about. It'll be a real uh, eye-opener for both of you. Thanks so much for the call. And, you know, as we're coming into the last minute of the show, I just wanted to reaffirm this idea that, you know, God is speaking to us through our irritations and frustrations. We don't have to feel guilty about those things. We have to bring those things to him. You know, instead of just trying to power through it on our own or, or beating up on ourselves for feeling irritated or frustrated, we bring those feelings to God and say, okay, Lord, you know, you're, you're, you're tugging on my sleeve and saying that you want to help me with this situation. Teach me how to respond to this so that I can glorify you, so that I can be my best self, and I can call the people around me to be their best selves, too. And that by responding in that more graceful way, I can build your kingdom. You know, the more we're learning to do that, the more we're consecrating these different people and situations to Christ and getting the grace we need to respond effectively and stop reacting in ways that just drive us crazy and prevent us from being effective in responding to those frustrations. If you'd like more support in learning how to deal with those frustrating people and situations, come on over to CatholicCounselors.com and learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you find new ways to approach those old problems in your marriage, family, or personal life find the grace-filled solutions that you're seeking. Again, that's CatholicCounselors.com. And get out there and celebrate the life God has for you, because with His grace, there really is so much more to life. Thanks for tuning in, and have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.